Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. We've nearly gotten through the first half of the Gospel of Mark, what we, were, what we set out to do at the beginning of the summer, just two more Sundays, and we'll be through the end of the first half, that is Mark 1 through 8. So we're into Mark chapter 8 today, and the story, which you heard a minute ago, there's one little detail in there that might just sound a little off to you. Those of you that know the Bible fairly well, or at least have heard a number of stories, or maybe those of you that have been a Christian for a number of years, is, is there something about the title of this story called The Feeding of the 4,000 that is slightly a bit off, maybe not exactly what you're used to hearing? You're used to hearing about how many? 5,000, yeah. And, and if you didn't know that at all, don't worry, no sweat. But commonly, when you hear the feeding of the, and it's a large number, you usually hear a different number. It's, it's 5,000, not 4,000. This is not a mistake. There are two stories in the Gospel of Mark just a few chapters apart. And if you were here earlier in the summer, we actually studied the feeding of the 5,000. Pastor Hackett uh, preached a great sermon on it earlier in the summer. But they're not the same story. And so today we're going to look at the feeding of the 4,000. And we're going to see two things about Jesus that people experience as they get closer to Jesus. So many people are following him in various ways. There's crowds, people just checking him out, people that you would say, you know, aren't, aren't Christians at all, aren't interested in Jesus, but hey, you know what, there's something about this guy, I'll just go check it out. And then there's, you know, people closer in saying, hey, I'm really, I'm really taken by this Jesus guy. I'm, I'm going to come a little closer and listen and, and follow a little closer. And then there's the disciples who, who you know, hey, they are there, they are, they are with him, they are following. They are. There's people at all levels following Jesus, and that might be where you are at today, on all of those different levels. But if you get close enough to Jesus and peer in and watch him interact with people, the first thing you will experience when you get closer to Jesus, is his compassion. Compassion. Now, you, like I said, you might not even be a Christian, but if you're just part of the crowd following, checking him out, wondering about Jesus from a distance, you can't go very far in reading things about him without seeing his compassion. So this is chapter 8, if you've got your Bibles or your bulletins in front of you. Verse 1 starts, During those days, another large crowd gathered, sort of thing that kept happening, and since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on these people. They've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. Compassion. And it's not this kind of fluttery heart feeling, uh, biblically speaking, in the New Testament, the way the Greeks talked about it and the word used, it's like this lower gut feeling. It's down in your guts. It literally says, uh, his guts moved, which you almost could translate it, his bowels moved, but that kind of, you know, translates differently to our day, so I, you know. But he says, literally, his guts move for people. He says, they have nothing to eat. They've been with me three days. If I send them home hungry, they'll collapse on the way. Some have come a long way. Do you notice that Jesus is caring about the details of these people's lives? Jesus cares about the details of life and has compassion. 
And Jesus cares about the details of your life and has compassion for you. People following him are hungry. Three days, no food, it's hot. And what is he thinking about? He's thinking about their safety, how they'd get home. Sometimes, don't you and I think that God might care about the big stuff on our lives, but then maybe just hangs you out to dry on some of the details? But we see that's not true. Jesus cares when you are hungry. Jesus cares when you are lonely, when you are depressed. And he cares about how you are going to get home. And his heart pours out for you. When you get closer to Jesus, you notice his compassion for people around him. And then Jesus acts out of that compassion. So the next few verses, his disciples answer, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough food to feed them? How many loaves do you have, Jesus asked. Seven, small, little, you know, big rolls basically. And he told them to sit down. And then when he had taken the seven loaves, given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people, and they did. And they had a few small fish as well, and he gave thanks for them and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. And afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. If you want to do deeper study, look up seven. It's a different number of leftovers from the, from the 5,000. We're not going to talk about it. Like I said, if you want some deeper study, try to answer the question, why is there something important about that number? The answer is yes, or I wouldn't have told you. Here you see Jesus is full of compassion. And it's not just a feeling, it's this deep gut-level care that moves him into action. It moves him into miraculous action. He feeds hungry people. He meets their needs. They can't walk home, they'll faint or, or worse. And he knows their needs and he meets them, but he meets them in a rather weird way, right? No food? Well, take a few big rolls and some dried fish, and we'll scrounge them from some people over here and just start handing it out. And as they do that, miraculously, more and more appear. And by the end, it says they ate and they were satisfied, and then there's much more at the end than when, what they started with. Jesus gives you what you truly need, even if it's in a weird way. Do you believe that Jesus will meet your needs? Do you believe that Jesus has compassion on you and meets your needs? That Jesus actually knows what you need? That Jesus actually thinks about the details of your life? Or that Jesus knows what you need far better than even you do? And that he meets those needs, but it might be in an unexpected or a weird way. Nobody there expected Jesus to miraculously make food. The disciples are the ones asking Jesus, what are we going to do? There's no place to get food. There's way too many people. That, what do we do? Jesus knows what you're going through. He knows your needs. He knows the details of your life, what you care about, what you worry about, what you fear, and what you need. And Jesus meets your needs, but it might be in some very strange ways. Give us this day our daily bread, we pray. And Jesus gives daily bread to those people and to you, but it just might not be how you expect. The compassion of Jesus. That's the first thing. 
You see in this story when you get closer to Jesus. Well, the second thing you'll experience when you get closer to Jesus is the commission of Jesus. The compassion and the commission. When you follow Jesus, when the Holy Spirit calls you by the gospel and gives you the gift of faith and we become a follower of Jesus, no matter how that happens, no matter when that happens, you also get commissioned by Jesus. All of Jesus' followers, no matter where they're from, what language they speak, what color their skin is, no matter their skills, their training, their abilities, no matter who they are, where they're from, they are commissioned by Jesus to work for His mission. And you might wonder, well, what exactly is that mission of Jesus? Well, it's all over the pages of the Scriptures and all the pages of the New Testament, but we don't even have to go any farther than just Mark, which we've been looking at this summer, to get some clues. Just according to Mark, what is the mission of Jesus? Well, Mark 1.1, the beginning says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The beginning of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And then later in the same chapter, Jesus himself starts his ministry by saying, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. And then Jesus himself later in chapter 10 tells us more about that. He says, the Son of Man himself came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The mission of Jesus is to bring that kingdom of God to all people. And that comes through his life and through his death and through his resurrection. You see, Jesus cares about the details of your life. He forgives you all of your specific sins. He has compassion on you, and he wants you to trust and follow him. And then he wants to enlist you into his mission to tell the whole world this. See, remember last week, we looked at Jesus' primary focus is on, on ministering, telling His own people, Israel, that their own promised Messiah has come. He is their true King. Yes, but He is for all people, all the Gentiles too. Okay, some of you have been asking now for a few weeks, hey, where, where is Jesus? He showed some maps before. He says He's going here and there, and you know, where is that? So this helps us a little bit with the story today. And plus, I like maps, so there you go. Where is Jesus? Well, you'll see on the left, that's Israel. You can see an arrow pointing to the Sea of Galilee. Might be hard to see small letters. Arrow kind of in the middle, just up a little bit. And that, that's on the right side. Is the Sea of Galilee uh, blown up a little bit? Most of Jesus' ministry takes place around the Sea of Galilee. Now, on the north to northwest side, kind of diagonal, that's the primarily Jewish area. So Capernaum, all these places where Jesus goes with his disciples, where they're from, that's the north, northwest side. Now on the east, which is straight up and down east and southeast, is the Gentile side. So they're close together even though they have very different priorities, very different lives, different gods, different ways of many things. But they're very close together. So Jesus is kind of going back and forth a little bit. In his ministry, but it's mostly on the Jewish side. But here in Mark 5, 6, 7, 8, which we'll be going through, he kind of goes back and forth a little bit. So let me help you a little bit walk through from Mark chapter 5. Remember the calming of the storm, that story? Jesus is on the way over to the other side from the Jewish side, northwest side, to the east side, to the Decapolis, the Gentile areas. And he gets over there and he meets a man that has many demons. And Jesus heals him. And then he tells this man, he says, go home to your friends 
and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So in chapter 5, we see Jesus have compassion on this man, Gentile man, possessed by demons, and then he commissions him. He says, now, you really are the first missionary here in the book of Mark. He says, go home and tell everybody what God has done for you. Then when Jesus comes back a few chapters later, people rush to him, which means this guy's done his job. He's gone home and told everybody, so all these, when he keeps coming back to this side of the lake, crowds keep coming. So that takes place on the east side, and then Mark chapter 6, here I'll switch to that. Mark chapter 6, GJ, that's Gentile lands, Jewish lands, Gentile. So on the, Mark chapter 6, he goes back over to the northwest side, and that's the feeding of the 5,000. So these two stories happen in different places. And then he goes way up, show you again, way up to the northwest, almost top left corner of your map, says Sarepta. I don't know why it's called that, but that's Sidon and Tyre. That's where he is last week with the woman, the Syrophoenician woman. He goes way up there to the Gentile lands out there. And then now he goes all the way around over back to the east side. So, so he's moving back and forth from Jewish to Gentile lands. And now he is in chapter 8. Shows compassion to these Gentile people, to all nations. Now, uh, I know it's, it's a little deep, a little thick one more thing on this, and then, and then we'll get back to the story if, if this might be losing you. But remember, last week, he kind of banters with this Greek woman way up in the Gentile lands of Tyre and Sidon, and they talk about giving children's bread to the dogs. Children's bread, uh, Jesus saying, this, my, my mission is to Israel, and eventually it'll extend it to the Gentiles. But then right after this story, he actually then goes and literally gives bread to the Gentiles. So Mark is genius in how he's putting stories together. He talks to this woman about giving bread to, the, you know, to all people, and then he literally goes and does that and feeds the 4,000 of Gentile people, saying, I am the Jewish Messiah, yet I am for all people. So uh, if that lost you, that's okay. Let's get back to our text. So we already looked at these verses, but we're going to look at them again. So there is Jesus, again, now he's on, again, he's on the east side, the Gentile side of the Sea of Galilee, feeding all people. And he says, when he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute. And they did. They had a few small fish and he gave thanks for them and told the disciples also to distribute those. So the disciples are close to Jesus, and they're growing closer to Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He enlists them. He uses them. He says, here, take this food and give it to those people. Be the extension of my hands to feed these people in need. That's what disciples do. They are fed by Jesus, and they are commissioned then and used to feed other people. So when you get closer to Jesus, yes, you experience the compassion of Jesus, but you also experience the commission of Jesus. Jesus' mission is for all people to come to know his love, his compassion, his sacrificial death, his glorious resurrection, and to repent and to receive the forgiveness and life that only Jesus offers. And if the Holy Spirit has given you faith to believe this and given you joy in this, then Jesus commissions you to tell others. You see, when you are a disciple of Jesus, he will commission you to feed and to heal others. Now, Jesus could have magically done that himself. He could have magically fed everybody himself, but does he? No. 
He commissions his disciples. He says, here, you take this daily bread and give it to these people over here. You take part in my mission. Show these, in this case, show these Gentiles, non-Jewish people, people far from you in language and culture in so many ways. Show these people that I have come for them too. Which makes me wonder, do you and I believe, do you believe that Jesus wants to use you? Do you believe that Jesus has plans to use you? And do you believe that Jesus is using you and wants to use you more? Jesus is looking at you and me and saying, here, take my compassion and my forgiveness and my peace and distribute it, give it to these other people around you that, that need it. Jesus commissions you. Yet I'm afraid, what do we often turn back to Jesus and say? We say, ah, it's, it's not enough. I don't have enough time, Jesus. I'm not good at talking. I'm not a missionary. I'm not that smart. I can't defend my faith very well. I just don't have the gifting. I only have a few loaves of time and just not enough fish of gifts. We make up all sorts of excuses why we don't have enough of something to share Jesus' compassion with others. But Jesus commissions you anyway. He just says, trust me. Having a few loaves and a few fish is not a problem for Jesus. Having your faith which feels weak and frail isn't a problem for Jesus. You not being able to speak well or, or feeling adequate to, to share your faith, that's not a problem for Jesus. Jesus is enough. He is the one who feeds and He is the one who transforms. So to put this all together... When you get closer to Jesus, you experience His compassion and His commission. I want you to read that with me. When you get closer to Jesus, you experience His compassion and His commission. Jesus has eternal compassion on you for your pain, for your failures, for your sins, and for your hopes and for your details. And He lived perfectly for you, and He died sacrificially for you, and He rose victoriously for you. And Jesus also commissions you to be His hands, to be His feet, and to be His mouth, to distribute that compassion to others. So say it with me one more time. When you get closer to Jesus, you experience His compassion and His commission. Amen.